There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Gouda Cheese. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined by... Steve. And... Joe. My co-hosts. Yeah. Uh, this week. This week, I guess. For, for now. For now. We may be replaced by muffins in the future. It's possible. Always possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this week we're going to talk about a mysterious disappearance. And this story was suggested by, like, literally everyone, literally all the time. It's been suggested a lot, yeah. A couple times. So I just decided that we would just do it. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Just going to do it. No, this is not a bad little uh, mystery, actually. No. No, I understand. I, I understand why people get so excited about this one. And why, they, why it catches everybody's attention. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about well, some oh, of yeah. our problems no. with it in a little bit. We'll pull the bottom out of this one later. Yeah, true. So if you don't read the episode titles, <laughs> we're going to talk about the disappearance of Ray Grecar today. And here's a quick overview of the case before we dive in. On April 15, 2005, Center County, Pennsylvania, District Attorney Ray Grecar called his girlfriend to let her know that he was out driving or had just gone for a drive or was on his way home. The counts vary. 
Um, however, I thought he said he was on his way to Lewisburg. You know, like I said, I've read so many different accounts. Already we're into it. Read so mm -hmm. many different accounts of what he said that it's hard to tell. But definitely he was in his car while he called her. Yeah. And then when she arrived home from work, she went to the gym, came back. He still wasn't home. It had been 12 hours. So she called uh, and reported him missing. Mm -hmm. 11.30 that night, right? Yeah. And he's never been found. There's a lot of business to get out of the way, so you guys just want to jump in? Sure. We must well. Yeah, okay. Who are we going to start with? Because uh, we've got a couple of players. Yeah, so let's just start with like a basic overview of Ray's life up until this point. Uh, Ray was born in Cleveland, Ohio in 1945. In the 80s, Ray's then-wife uh, took a job teaching at Penn State, and Ray decided to be a stay-at-home dad for their young adopted daughter, whose name was Laura. I totally understand is, why. Still is, Laura. She's still alive. He had been a prosecutor before uh, before they moved to Pennsylvania. He specialized mostly in rape and murder cases prior to moving to Pennsylvania. And then uh, when the sitting Center County DA at that time, uh, when he heard that Ray was living in the area and was unemployed, he basically recruited him to work first just in his office and then as the assistant DA, which Ray accepted. He accepted the job. I think it was part-time at first, and even when he became DA, spoiler alert, when he was elected uh, DA in... Um, 85. Thank you, in 85. It was still a part-time job yeah. until a few years later when he petitioned, when Ray petitioned for it to become a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Which it sounds like it actually really was a full-time job. So it I don't really like know it. what was happening before. I think they were paying him half what they would have to pay them. I guess that's true. Probably 40 hours or more work yeah. a week. Yeah, probably. So yeah, in, in 1985, that um, the DA that hired Ray decided not to rerun for office. So Ray ran instead and won the spot. Because it's an elected position. It is an elected position. And he was um, he was DA until his disappearance in 2005. And I, I know that I've been saying DA a lot. I'm sorry. A district attorney. It's a district attorney. I'm going to continue to call it DA. But for those of you who are not from America or maybe don't know what a district attorney is in America, basically it's what we call our public prosecutors at, like, at a very base level, obviously. Um, in England, they're called chief crown prosecutors. Yeah, it's the local district's yeah. attorney. Yeah, basically. Exactly and they what are, it is. They are elected officials. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, there's a little more clout that comes along with it, but that at the basic level, that's what it is. The sense that I got from um, all of the reading and all of the interviews and all of that stuff that um, I've done, all the research around this, is that Ray was really a good person. Some people say maybe he was a bit of a ladies' man, but really in his core, he seemed to have the the best of four people at his best heart. Best of intentions. Yeah, I mean, he he would often, if cases went against his own personal moral code, he would hand them off to people that worked for him to prosecute them, uh, to just make sure that everything was being done fairly instead yeah, he, of... Yeah, he had a thing against the death penalty, didn't he? He did, yeah. So he often handed that off to his assistant DA. Um, but he really wasn't scared to take on big cases. He, um, there's some talk about, you know, so, okay. Center County is where Penn state is obviously because that's where they moved. Pennsylvania state Pennsylvania university, state university, which has some, had some troubles, mm -hmm. <laughs> which and we'll talk about some of the bigger college. stuff. Yeah. It's a big college. So, you know, sometimes the athletes there get in trouble for instance, and he prosecuted almost all those cases. He prosecuted a lot of I mean, murder, rape, mafia cases, and there was nothing 
He was he wasn't scared he, to go after bad yeah, people. Doesn't appear he backed down. Yeah. Well, that's kind of his job, right? Yeah, I mean, it was his job, but he also wasn't scared to really go after people. And fun fact, uh, you guys may or may not be familiar with the murder of Beth Doe, which was a Jane Doe in in Pennsylvania, Center Mm -hmm. County. Um, It was actually a pretty horrific case, but he ended up putting the serial killer that killed Beth Doe behind bars. They still don't know who Beth Doe was, but they found who killed her, so. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Ray's wife, his first wife, uh, that worked for Penn State was named Barbara Gray. She and Ray did divorce in 1991. And then in 1995, Ray's brother committed suicide. Ray remarried in 1996, but also divorced. He married a woman named Emma, but you will almost never see that anywhere, except for the fact that she is still maybe writing a book about Ray. Yeah. Uh, She's been working on that for an awful long time. Very long time, yeah. I think the reason that she feels like she can write a book about Ray and his life is something we're going to talk about in a, in a minute, but she was married to Ray until 2001. So from 1996 to 2001, she was his wife. And then, you know, they divorced in 2001, and then in 2002 or maybe 2003, it's hard to tell, Ray moved in with his, uh, air quotes, longtime girlfriend, Patty who also worked in the district attorney's office. I, you, I keep using air quotes with the longtime girlfriend thing. Because two or three years. They were together for three years as actual adults over 40. Apparently three years is a, is a long-term relationship. I don't know. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, he was in his mid-50s at mm-hmm. the time of his disappearance. Is that correct? He would have been, right? yeah, he would yeah, have been yeah, almost Yeah, he was 60. in his mid, yeah. It's, it's funny, though. I really, it, I really found it interesting, the descriptions uh, by different people of that relationship with Patty versus his other wives. Mm, like it was much more of a friendship mm-hmm. than, it a, was a, than a passionate romance. I would say it was a partnership. Yeah, that's a good way yeah, to put it. But it did seem less, you know, everybody says, well, his marriage with Emma was so passionate. There was a lot of passion. A lot of which means arguing. They which, fought yeah, which means the they time. fought a lot, but they also, I think, were passionate in terms of the way they express themselves positively to each other as Probably. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem like, you know, everybody says, well, Patty's really just his soulmate. She describes herself as as soulmates and, you know, all of that stuff. But it was only three years. And again, who's to say? And I don't, yeah, I don't want to downplay malign. that. No, but, you know, who's to say? It probably would have lasted forever. But, you know, they, they, always, they always call her longtime girlfriend. So that's okay. where that is. Ray was planning to retire that year. Um, in 2005, sorry, <laughs> the year he disappeared. And his term was up. He just wasn't seeking re-election. And his family does say that he reported feeling overworked and feeling really tired a lot. Now, <clears throat> the name Ray Grecar might be familiar to you, even if you didn't know that he disappeared. And that's because of Jerry Sandusky. We're going to talk about some not-so-great stuff for a minute. I believe what I referred to it earlier was icky things. Icky things involving kids. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, pervs and stuff like that. Yeah. Abuse, so. yeah. So if that bothers you, go ahead and skip ahead about five minutes because yeah. you may, you may not want to hear it, but, but you may want to hear the rest of the story. So, yeah. okay. So let's talk about the gem that was Jerry, Jerry Sandusky. Sandusky. Still uh, is. I'm sure 95% of our listeners have heard of this guy. I, well, you known, know, well known perv. I would guess, but, 
I, you know, I don't know. I didn't know the details until we looked into this. So. Yeah. yeah, I never looked into it too heavily myself. Right, because why would you? Yeah, exactly. really, you don't really want to. So just, Jerry Sandusky is a former assistant football coach at Penn State, which, yes, there's already a little bit of uh, his wife, Ray Greger's wife, worked for Penn State. Mm-hmm. Again, huge employer, not to say anything, but... Uh, and they have a lot of clout in that town. Yeah. Penn State, um, that is. Yeah, but Jerry Sandusky was kind of an all-around bad kind of human being he founded this charity which i i recognize i'm going to follow up with something that sounds like an awesome thing but just wait uh he founded a charity called the second mile which served underprivileged youth um george w had really high yeah bush sorry had really high praise for the organization he said that it was a shining example um in a 1990 letter that he wrote words i'm sure he regretted not too far after that well, it was a little while before you know, the whole thing came to light. Before uh, it hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. it hit the fan. Uh, it's estimated that that organization served as many as 100,000 kids annually uh, in nearly... Um, it, it was, and it existed almost uh, 36 years. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. So the percentages that we're about to start talking about are low, but... Extremely, but... But, but like at any... Even like 0.0% is too many percents. But anyway, like just long story short, he, Sandusky basically set this up and turned it into his own personal dating service. A little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Turns out, yeah, Sandusky was raping young boys that he met through the second mile. Officially, he was charged with molesting nine boys, but he was also charged with 45 counts against him. He was sexually abusing his adopted son, Matt, for six or seven years. And he met literally all his victims through the second mile. He was vetting them. He was it. vetting them. He was looking for it. a very specific personality type. Yeah, and personality situation. type that was open to the kind of suggestion that he was open to, and all of them had no father figures. Mm-hmm. So Which he is sadly very stereotypical. Oh yeah, for, yeah. For a predator like that, yeah. I'm of the opinion that he likely had many, many more victims than just the nine. But that's, you know, my own personal feeling. That's, you know, that's for another mystery. That's for a different mystery, yeah. In the spring of 2008, Aaron Fisher um, was a high school student where Sandusky was volunteering as an assistant football coach, and Aaron told his mom that Sandusky had been touching him inappropriately. And Aaron was a freshman? Aaron was a freshman, yeah. So that would make him, what, 14, 13? 13 or 14. Oh, 14, yeah. yeah. Depending on when his birthday was. Right. Yeah. Sandusky's relationship, quote-unquote, with Aaron had started in 2005 with the second mile. And it turns out that a graduate assistant coach in Penn State had witnessed Sandusky abusing boys in 2001 and had told Joe Paterno, who was the Penn State head coach at the time. Uh, Paterno, to his credit, it seems, did report this. He sure took his dear sweet time about it. He did. He was on vacation, so, you know, he had to wait. He was about to go on vacation when, um, when he was told about the case and then he was like well i'm gonna go on vacation and then i'll come back and tell everybody that sandusky's been touching people inappropriately among other things among other things yeah yeah so um but the people who were above joe paterno seems it seems like they said oh i'm sure sandusky was just horsing around even though i mean some of the descriptions are are like oh uh janitor saw him uh behind a boy they were both naked the boy was pushed up against the wall and there were slapping noises, quote unquote. Happening. Oh my and God. And it's just like, but that didn't, you know, nobody at Penn State seemed to really. 
it, I think it's one of those yeah. situations where the the disturbing nature of what was going on in each retelling it got sanitized more and oh, more yeah. to the point that somebody's like oh they were just playing around in the shower yeah so the two people um that joe paterno did tell it testified in court that all they heard was there was some horsing around happening in the shower uh, right. so they were totally clean but it sounds like joe paterno's story is he told them and they said don't worry about it ignore it either way doesn't really matter i'm telling this story because the earliest documentation of Sandusky's abuse was in 1995 by the aforementioned adopted son, Matt. Okay, well, Matt didn't report it, but Matt and one of his adopted sisters tried to commit suicide, which caused uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, to raise some concerns and say they needed to investigate. That's kind of unusual, two kids committing suicide at the same time or attempting suicide. Yeah, and actually the thing that was really interesting about this is I've read a lot of the stuff from Matt, and he, Child Protective Services removed him from the house and took him, obviously, like he was in the hospital, and they said, okay, we're going to place you somewhere else. This was when he was still a foster kid, and he actually wrote a letter to Child Protective Services saying that he wanted to be placed back with Sandusky, despite the fact that he'd been being molested. So I don't know what... I didn't care to go into too much detail onto the kind of mind games that Sandusky must have been playing with these young boys, but that, I think, is very indicative of the kind of power he had over them. I would agree. In 1998, an 11-year-old boy, later known as Victim 6 in the indictments of Sandusky, came forward to testify that Sandusky had showered naked with him and another boy. Enter Ray Grecar. Not not into the shower, I hope. No, not into the shower. <laughs> okay. No. No, not, no, no. He well, was the district attorney at the time. He entered into the story. Into the story, I'm sorry. Well, uh, I'm, you're leaving something out there. Sandusky showered with these two young boys, and he also uh, touched them, right? Yes. Yeah. I was, you know, trying to sanitize it a little bit, but yes. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, the victim's mom apparently wanted to uh, talk to Sandusky, which is fair, and I, I guess... I've, you know, I've heard it both ways. Either Sandusky said, hey, I want to talk to you about this, or she said, we need to talk about this. But either way, they arranged to talk about the and, situation. And she had, she had reported the situation to she Ray had reported it to She had reported it to, the, to police, the police, who reported it to Grecar. And I understood that the, her confronting Sandusky was actually at the um, prompting of, of the Ray Grecar. Of Grecar, yeah. Yeah, so l let's see what you can get. Quote, unquote, it was a bit of a sting. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. And this was one of the things that uh, a lot of people say about him when you start talking about Ray as a professional is that he was always the kind of guy to say, okay, did you try this, though? Thinking outside the box. Yeah, you know, he would take it that next step is the thing that people say about him. Uh, and so I think, you know, the mom said, well, uh, my son is being abused. And he said, okay, but we need something more concrete than your 11-year-old child saying that. So Sadly. Yeah, unfortunately. So let's see if we can get Sandusky to admit it. So they set up this sting where Sandusky comes to the mom's house and they set up recording devices all around the house. And there's cops sitting outside monitoring and, you know, like you, like almost like on TV, I guess. And um, dun, apparently... Dun. <laughs> apparently sandusky says uh and i quote i understand i was wrong i wish i could get forgiveness from you i know i won't get it from you i wish i were dead unquote 
which sounds like an admission to me, but okay. Yeah, but it's not, uh, he doesn't actually say, really confess he to anything. He doesn't. That's yeah. true. Yeah, there's, there's nothing there. There's nothing. Unfortunately, there's not. And I, I mean, I think I was probably smart on Sandusky's part, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So Ray decides there's not enough evidence to prosecute Sandusky. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think there probably wasn't enough. Unfortunately, again, you can't just say it's going to it's going to be this grown man who was really re- well respected in the community. It's going to be his and word well versus versus an 11 year old boy. Well, I'm sure she he probably sat down with the mother, too, and probably said, look, you know, this is going to be a high profile case. A lot of publicity. Your kid's name might not stay secret. And so. Well, and that's the hard part that. with these, any kind of situation, this is almost, they're, they're a watershed moment. It's mm. kind of like uh, the, the Cosby case. Mm-hmm. One comes out and everybody goes, that didn't happen. And then suddenly five and then, dozen more And then out. suddenly a yeah. whole bunch more show up and that's when it gains momentum. But there may not have been enough there for him to say, I really think that this could go. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's why he didn't pursue it. Is it yeah. he didn't have even enough to begin with? Yeah, and you know, but unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that Sandusky did eventually get charged with happened after that. So a lot of people talk about if if Ray had just prosecuted Sandusky, none of this would have ever happened. And I don't know that that's true. I. I Sandusky almost... may have started getting sloppy. Yeah, is that what you're getting at? Well, no, no, no. I just mean that. People blame Ray for Sandusky's actions. Uh, there were a lot of people who enabled him. Ray Greekar was the least among them. I, I mean, would agree. I totally agree I with mean, that. All of his victims should have said something, number yeah. one. But and so a lot of other people suspected. And, and uh, by the way, we're not pointing a finger at victims for not coming oh, forward. God, no. I don't know. I, I understand. I, mean, I understand what have, your, but your, I understand your why they wouldn't. Right. I get, no, I get I just, that. I don't too. want anybody to be upset by that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, this is not an episode about. Sandusky, though. Thankfully. Yeah. yeah. We're not... I, I can think I can pretty solidly say we are never doing an episode on Sandusky. Uh, yeah, I yeah. can guarantee that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't have yeah. a lot of interest in that case, actually. But uh, yeah. okay. I will say, though, you can't talk about Greek art without talking about Sandusky because exactly. the internet thinks they're intimately connected. Yes. So that was just a little bit of really icky background. I promise it will factor in again in, in a couple minutes. Without, gonna, without the ick factor. Let's get, let's get back to Ray Greekar, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Patty. And Patty. Yeah. On April 15th, 2005, around 1130, Ray calls his longtime girlfriend, Patty, to let her know that he's been driving. It's very unclear in all of the stories that I've read. I've read that Patty said he was playing hooky the entire day. I've read that... His colleague said he was playing hooky for half a day, like he was going to take half a day off. I've heard that he was actually working. I've heard that he was driving home. I've heard that he was driving to, he, that he told her that he was driving to somewhere. Yeah, All I, I know was... is that he said, I'm on, I'm, I'm driving in this valley, which for all I know, I mean, it, it could be that that's, he, that meant he was on his way somewhere. It could mean he meant his, he was on his we way home. We don't know exactly what we was said know. on that phone call. We really mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. But yeah, it, but the, the, we do know that the cell phone pinged a tower that was next to Highway 192. So he was driving down that road. He was, yeah. It no, absolutely. And I, that doesn't, that's not an issue for me. It's just what he was saying and what the circumstances surrounding this are. And that I think is very important because there are some things that people bring up as being weird that aren't weird if he was coming from work, say, right? 
But if he was playing hooky the entire day, it is kind of weird. Mm. Well, but the thing is, is I know Patty said that he decided to go driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which he, he did was frequently. Known, yeah, he was yeah. known to go take a, a you know, I'm not one of those guys, but some people like to take a three, four hour drive yeah. and just drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had, he loved his little car. He had, and, a, he had a red Mini Cooper. Yep. Oh. And he loved cute. to drive that thing. Yeah. Which is always hilarious to me because he, was he, do you know how? Tall he was. Tall. Uh, I thought he, he was like 5'7", 5'8". No, he's 6'8". No, he, yeah, he's a big guy. It always cracks me up when I see big guys in Mini Coopers, mm-hmm. except Mini Coopers fit tall people. They do. Which is the amazing part about the Mini Cooper. This think, episode brought to you by Mini Cooper. Yeah, with product placement. Huh? Yeah, for real. Yeah, I, I do think that he was driving on 192 north nor, or east-northeast to Lewisburg because That's he was spotted true. in Lewisburg that afternoon. Yeah, no, so. there's and there's no doubt in my mind that he was in Lewisburg in that afternoon. Whether he told Patty that's where he was going or not, not, not sure whether yeah. he was, you know, knocking off work for a half a day or a whole day. I don't know. All I know is he ended up in Lewisburg that afternoon. I'm not, Fair I'm enough. not concerned about that timetable at all. No, but again, it does depend a little bit. We'll talk about that in a little bit, actually. So as we said, um, Patty gets home from work. She doesn't see Ray. So she goes to the gym. She comes back. Calls his cell phone a bunch of times. Watches a little Netflix. No, not yet. Drinks a beer. 2005, no. Maybe drinks beer, some wine. Calls Ray's cell phone a number of times. She says it goes straight to voicemail. And then finally, after she had not heard from him in 12 hours, which was incredibly unlike him, she called the cops. She called 911 and said, my boyfriend, Ray Greeker, is missing. And they, of course, said, oh, crap. The DA. The DA's missing. Uh, better get on that. What's the last thing you know of him? Right. Which is, you know, the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah, exactly. The following day, which would would have been April 16th. Yeah. Yeah. Investigators find his car either 45 or 55 miles away from the home that he shared with Patty, which is in Lewisburg. And it was in the parking lot of an antique mall that Ray liked, I believe. I've also seen some reports that it was in the parking lot of a park. Really? Yes. And that plays in in a little bit in okay. another theory. Yeah. I've seen pictures it's... of both parking lots as well. It kind of looks like one is across the street from the other. And I'll be oh. honest with you, I have not gone out to Google Street View to really check that out. It's but gravel. I'm pretty all sure. That important, no, it's, it's, it's a gravel it's lot across the street from this. Mm-hmm. And the or it's in mall. the antiques yeah. mall. Yeah. No, not in it. it was, it's across the street from it. And it's... Uh, the Antiques Mall is just an old industrial building that's been converted into sort of a mall kind of thing, which mm-hmm. stalled with like stalls. Right. But yeah. yeah. Like a flea market. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. In his car. He's not him. Is not him. There's no sign of him. There's no sign of his keys. There's no sign of his wallet. There's no sign of his county issued laptop, though his county issued cell phone was in his car. And I'm under the impression that that was his only cell phone. Originally, when I started doing the research, I thought surely he had a personal cell phone as well, as well, but I have not actually seen any mention of that. So I'm going to assume that his county-issued cell phone was his only cell phone. That could be. In 2005, I don't know that that would have been so... I mean, my mom didn't get a cell phone until 2005. And it I was, was going to say, in 2005, a 60-year-old man has no interest in yeah. a cell phone. He That's, has one because yeah. he has to have one yeah. for work. And he probably hated it. Yeah. There were no signs of foul play around the car, but... According to police reports, the car smelled like cigarette or cigar smoke, even though Ray was apparently like an avid anti-smoker. He yeah, hated no, the smell of smoke. He did not like smoke. cigarettes at all. Yeah, but it, his car smelled like cigarette smoke, and they found a fleck of ash 
on the back seat, which, okay, fine, whatever. Well, I heard it was more than a fleck, but, I mean, it was not, well, not a huge amount. Some ash, there was yeah. Some, there was some cigarette ash yeah. around, yeah. Family members, upon hearing that Ray was missing, his nephew particularly, drove up to come kind of help out with the investigation. They showed up. They show up in Lewisburg and immediately think, um, I, you know, and there's this interview that I watched uh, with a nephew, and he says, I immediately just thought, oh, my God, here we go again, because Ray's car was parked in a parking lot next to a park near a bridge over a river, and that's exactly how they found uh, his father's stuff. Roy, Ray's his, brother, his brother. The nephew's father. The nephew's Roy. father. They, that's how they found his car before they found out that he had killed himself. By jumping off a bridge. Yeah. So the family immediately thought, oh, my God, Ray killed himself just the exact same way. At least according to the nephew. According to the nephew. Who really likes to be in front of a camera. Well, he's, yeah, he calls himself the official media liaison of the family. Yeah, nobody else in the family really wants to talk about They this. really don't. Uh-uh. Um, but, I, I mean, it was his father who killed himself, so I yeah. I can understand why he would immediately just be like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, how, why? So All right. yeah, all right, um, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway, they search the river, they find nothing. They, nobody. Nobody. They search all around the antique mall, all around the town, and we'll talk about some of that stuff in a little bit, but there's no no Ray. Ray doesn't show up. Eventually, you know, they kind of start to scale back the search a little bit because you can't do full-on manhunt forever. Not really, no. The FBI analyzes Ray's credit records. Nothing. His no, money's not no touched. Nothing's no, going on. No they continue to scale card. back a little bit. Then, on July 30th, 2005... Fishermen in the Susquehanna River found a laptop, which was kind of caked with mud. It was, in the, it was sitting on the bottom. It was sitting, yeah, Because they the used a net to retrieve it. It was sitting on the it. bottom, but it was really caked with mud and stuff like that. And uh, they immediately turned it over to the police. I'm not sure if it's because they thought it would be connected to this case or not, but they turned it over to the police. If you look at the photos of it, it's got county property tags on the back oh, of it. Of course, they always do that. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. I'm sure that these guys probably wiped it off and went, oh, uh, we should probably, probably tell somebody. So maybe, they turn... the, maybe the county will give us a reward. Yeah. 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 So they turn it over to the cops, and the cops give it to their uh, computer forensic expert, who immediately realizes there's something very wrong with this computer because it just doesn't have a hard drive in it. Oh, I thought it was because it's full of water. Yeah, that <laughs> well, that too. That wouldn't help, <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's no hard drive in this thing. So obviously there's nothing. There's there's nothing they can do about it. Well, it's got a fish screensaver. Yeah. Uh, fish yeah. swimming on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if there's no hard drive in a computer, it's not going to do it's anything. It's useless. At it's point. not. There's yeah, all the all the fun information is on the hard drive. Yeah. Although interestingly, I will briefly mention, not that I necessarily think it pertains to this case, but one can pull a hard drive out of a computer, out of a laptop and plug in via a USB either um, a flash drive or an external hard drive and run an operating system on that. Steve is looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Oh, I I understand that you can do that. I don't understand the implications in this case. I don't know that there are any, but I just want to throw that out there as something that is possible. Well, I I think that I thought about this very thing, too, and that is if somebody had raised laptop, but they didn't 
didn't know his password, but they wanted information off of that, then removing, removing the hard drive and plugging it in as an external drive to another computer would be a way around that, assuming mm-hmm. the files on the, on the hard drive are, haven't themselves been encrypted. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm dumb. Yeah. But if the files on the hard drive are under my profile and therefore are locked behind my password, firewall, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and you plug in another hard drive to operate the computer, how are That's you... not what we're saying. We're saying that you remove the hard drive from one computer and plug it into a different computer. The hard drive into... A... Mm-hmm. Oh, hard drive yeah. goes from original computer to second computer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how are you accessing the the contents of it when you well i've, I've done the same thing it's a, a couple of mac minis that i retired I so you just you're just going through I a back door to get to the file tree and find uh, things that way it's just it, it just opens it's like a file that appears yeah. in your desktop when you plug in it's like plugging in a usb stick or something like that mm-hmm. or you uh, it's okay like you okay i i got it plug it's, it it's it much like a right plug up. and play flash drive okay yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the part that i wasn't getting i was oh, like okay. well if the os is is locked behind this password what the hell good does well, it do well and the os would continue to be but the files are not they're right? technically still they're still just files accessible hanging out on now i understand it i've done the very same thing right i i know what you're getting at. okay okay yeah. so that, i mean i think that's interesting as well as if he did have something to hide for some reason you wouldn't necessarily have the hard drive in it in the computer in the laptop mm-hmm. you'd want to take it out that you yeah. could have something that you would be able to disconnect from the computer. I know I have a lot of friends who do stuff like this where they, you know, don't necessarily want people to just be able to log on to their computer or take their actual computer. They have to have two parts of the puzzle, right? Anyway, that's a long tangent to say it's possible that somebody removed the hard drive and had access to the files otherwise. Was accessing the files. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. It was, people would have had different motives. Yeah. It was also missing the slide in CD... CD tray? Tray, thank you. I'm doing this motion. I, I love the, the hand yeah. motion that you're doing, and somehow I figured that out. the tray. Or yeah. I did my reading, one I'm, of the yeah. two. I'm trying to remember this. In 2005, did they have... Were we still do, using floppy disks back in those days? No. Uh, okay, when so... Did we go to, when did we go to DVDs and CDs and all that stuff? Oh, it depends that, on how new the model was. Yeah, that was, yeah, this was a relatively new computer. I did a bunch of looking into this stinking computer. Yeah. This thing you could get... It, it was a Micron, which was an actually a fairly expensive computer at the time mm-hmm. and you could get there were several different options that you could get one of which was the cd you could get the three and a half inch floppy drive at, that was an option because mm-hmm. i actually had hard i had the, the three and a half inch floppy drives mm-hmm. from not too long prior to that i still Me had too. some sitting around mm-hmm. This computer also had the capability, I believe it's in, in the photos you'll see when it's open and you're looking at it from the front, there's a hole in the left side, which is actually a separate second hard drive. It had a Mm. second external hard drive Mm -hmm. that was a push button. It could have, Mm -hmm. like it, it was, it was meant for the business professional had all these different configurations available. Well, I would suspect that he had a floppy drive just given that it was the government and if you had to look at historic stuff like that, you would be on. He didn't floppies. have a floppy because it was floppy or CD. Or, okay, floppy never or CD mind. is what I I understood. Now the information on Micron is hard because Micron went under. They became I love it. They became MCP mm-hmm. from Tron, yep. and then they went away. Yeah. So the information of what their models were is kind of tough to dig up. 
It was battery in front, external hard drive here, CD drive here, and the um, removable hard, the actual physical hard drive was somewhere center-ish. And that was the internal. So it was the internal hard drive that was removed, right? Found yeah. by the found mm-hmm. on the beach. <gasps> okay, whatever. Fine. So Joe has spoiled the fact that um, oh, sorry. a few months later, I think it was a few months, it was either two months or in the end of October 2005. Hard to tell. It was, yeah, October. A mom and her kid found the hard drive and the CV tray just, like, in the mud on the banks of the river. The hard drive was found with the CD tray? Pretty sure. Maybe not. Maybe the CD CD tray tray was was still in the computer. computer, But all the pictures you see of it are... They're all laid out because they're rusty, ucky bits. Yeah, Yeah. it's pulled out of it. So, yeah, I guess that's probably an unfair assumption on my part that it was missing. But the hard drive was definitely missing, and it was found a couple months later. Also... And it was, like, 100 yards away from where they found the computer. Yeah. But also, you know, also caked on mud and all that stuff, so... The police decide to turn the hard drive over. It, I mean, it's obviously this is after they found it. No. After they find the hard drive, obviously, they turn it over to the CIA. I believe it was. I thought it was the Secret Service. Oh, Secret Service. Thank you. Yeah. And the Secret Service says, "No, nah, there's no. No, we can't. No, we can't, there's nothing on here that's usable. This is totally ruined." So yeah. So mud, they, water, but they yeah. say, but this there's this private firm that we use to recover all the data from the Challenger. When it exploded, they're pretty good at this stuff. Let's pass it on to them and see what they can find. And that firm came back and said, nah, no. You're out of luck. There's no, no, there's no way. Which is interesting. Well, I assume, I assume they took it apart and they discovered that probably, you know, there's a, you know, in a hard drive, there's a disc in there or it's mm-hmm. discs. Mm-hmm. There were. I mean, not anymore. They don't and make they, them that way anymore. But yeah. Yeah, they probably found out. And those like, things are kind of delicate. Well, they are, you know, and like some months in the water I and mean, there's going to be some corrosion and mm-hmm. stuff. There's oh, yeah. There's no chance you're yeah. going to recover data from those yeah. things. Yeah. No, that's the thing is the Challenger, you know, it was flung from way far up high and took some heat and some radiation, but that was a brief impact and brief amount. So, yeah, mm-hmm. go figure. It was still usable, whereas when it's sitting in the mud... Yeah, it's not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about the mud does your shoes. Yeah. Let alone yeah. what it would do to your computer. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And by the way, this was found uh, This was found in open air on the bank, right? It was. Yeah. It was so. like the mud, but yeah. That's, that's it wasn't one, underwater. Yeah, so that's one thing. You can immerse something in water for mm-hmm. like an extended period of time, but it doesn't necessarily start to rust or oxidize it's until as soon as you get it's exposed it in the to air. air. Yeah. yeah, and this thing had been sitting in the air, so yeah. you know it was rusty as hell. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you can look at pictures of this, and it's definitely, they're, they're messed up. The computer and the hard drive both. So nothing, nothing. And, you know, that really let the investigators just, they just, we're heartbroken. I think everybody with the case were heartbroken because they found the hard drive and they were thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to solve this thing. I don't see how anybody could have looked at that thing and gotten their hopes up. Yeah, high. I don't know either, but hey. <laughs> it's a clue. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. God knows how much yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Divers, pretty sure that, okay, we found Ray's computer. That must mean that his body's somewhere down there. Do another dive. They search extensively. Nothing. They don't find anything. So finally, they decide... Um, I- I should mention this. I was looking on, um, I think it was on Reddit, some guy, some local guy that lives in the area said that in the, in the Susquehanna River, people drown all the time. He says they all, the body always turns up. Yes. You know, it might not be found mm-hmm. by the police, but sooner or later, somebody finds it yeah. washed up on shore. And we will talk about that more in theories. I'm sorry, am I cause... stopping on your stuff again? No, no, it's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's fine. Okay. Okay, sorry. Okay. Cut it out, uh, 
finally, in April 2009, police revealed that prior to Ray's disappearance, just a couple days prior to Ray's disappearance, somebody um, had used the personal computer at Ray and Patty's house to search how to wreck a hard drive, how to fry a hard drive, water-damaged notebook computer. Uh, question about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, was, I, I made some phone calls to try to get answers to these questions, which was why, when exactly did these searches take place? Because everybody says it took place before he disappeared, but I've never heard anybody say actually pin down the actual dates of when. I haven't either. No, I haven't either. Also, haven't heard why the police waited so long to to say that that had happened. Mm -hmm. And well, you know, sometimes they um, they want to keep some certain certain details secret. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that's why. But but I still it's very frustrating to me. I called the cold case to unit at this the pennsylvania state police and of course they didn't call me back but i wanted the answer to that to that question was exactly when were those searches made if anybody even knows they could have been made after he disappeared they could have been everybody assumes that they were made before but i'm not so sure that that's the case well i i think they likely i mean they would have had to have found that information on the computer within a day or two of ray disappearing Uh, well and my other thing joe is that if those searches had come up after Ray had disappeared, mm-hmm. that brings to light a whole nother set of implications. Oh, it does. It does. That definitely. says somebody close to him is involved, and you know that they would have then looked at Patty and anybody else that had access. But I'm assuming that it comes out the way it does because it was something that he had done a week, a month, or something in advance, and well, they just they pulled his, his search history. I just mm. want to put this in context to say that, you know, Ray was retiring. Yes. And he had actually been physically, at, like, personally asking people in the office, hey, how do you, how do you totally wipe a hard drive? Mm-hmm. And I, I have heard from other people who have been district attorneys or served. It's not uncommon. That it's not uncommon to want to do something like that after you've left office. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you've got a computer, you want to wipe your stuff he apparently kept a daily journal on his hard drive Mm -hmm. um, of his own personal feelings about things and all that stuff and i think it's likely that before turning that computer back over to the county he would have wanted to wipe it clean and so i don't i mean i think yeah by water that's weird sure i i'm totally willing to say like how to fry a hard drive with water that's those are all weird things but just his interest in how to wipe a hard drive is not mm. so weird to me. No, it's not weird at all. But um, uh, the strings, some of these strings really set off my, my BS meter a lot. Like, for example, uh, water damage to notebook computer. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine yourself entering that search string in Google? Yeah. Really? Why? I mean, I can't. Following how, you know exactly how to wreck a hard drive. does to a hard You know exactly no, what no, water is no, going no, to no, do. No, uh, oh, oh, no, let's, yeah. let's roll it back, though. You're, you're assuming that Ray has a semi-decent grasp on how computers work, mm-hmm. and not everybody does, and he may have been Googling how to wipe a hard drive, and then something said, or if your computer was immersed in water, he's like, oh, well, what does that do? Mm-hmm. Uh, water in, you know, notebook computer in water. Like, he may have been following. I've done, like, um, we, I do I, that, we do that all the time where yeah. we take a phrase out of an article and, and start searching that phrase to mm-hmm. understand what it means he may have had no idea 
Um, I can only tell you, I know what happens when I drop my TV into the bathtub. <laughs> I know what happens when I try it, when I drop my laptop into the bathtub. Well, that's Every, why... Everybody knows this. This is why we keep everybody telling you to this. stop watching TV in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm tired of getting electrocuted, yeah. too. But, but here's the thing. Everybody knows that electronics, uh, when exposed to water, are going to be destroyed. We all know this. Well, can and, we... And Ray knew this, I'm sure. So can we put a pin in this discussion we can do that, and but... start talking about it again in theory? Because I we think this conversation's yeah. going there. Yeah. We have no, more stuff uh, yeah. to cover. You're, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. All right. Yeah. So I know. Back to the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Seriously. And I guess the thing that I'll echo, not about the actual actual queries, but like why, if you search on a home computer, like you know that search is going to get found. Like you would have known that. Well, yeah. Not necessarily Ray, but not necessarily. If you yeah. if you don't know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. You, I don't know. you just you just jump from one side to the other, Devin, well, with that statement. Well, the reason that I say that is because his colleagues say that. His colleagues say he would have known that we found would have found that because I mean he was part of investigative teams. He was I mean he would have seen this happen a lot. He would have seen that people were able to go on a computer and see what people were searching. He would mm-hmm. have known that from investigations this, he had seen. That? So he would know. So that's one of the things. Again, we'll talk about this more in theories. Okay. But to me, that means. That that he planned to come home. That was Devin pointing and saying, mm-hmm. Steve, shut up. It was. Yeah, it was. You're right. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right about that. Though. So. And that's why I, we'll talk about it later, yeah. but I have my own theory about these search strings. Awesome. And how they wound up there. Okay. Yeah. We will talk about that in a minute. Google. Shh. Yeah. That's, okay, but that's the last we heard. <laughs> uh, in terms of details about the case. In terms of details about the case. Uh, in July of 2011, Laura Grecar, the, the adopted daughter, petitioned to have the court declare Ray legally dead, which they granted. So he is legally dead now. It had been six years. It had been, yeah, six years. This is the one of the other things. There have been a lot of sightings, quote-unquote sightings of Ray. Him and Elvis. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, as it turns out, the police, every time they get one of these reports, they follow up on it, it sounds like. Uh, everybody that I've heard who's actually seen the evidence says that really the bulk of the evidence are these manila envelopes that the police have of each of the quote-unquote sightings and how they followed up with it. This one, however, was pretty interesting. Uh, It was literally one day after Ray was declared legally dead. A man in Utah was arrested, and he strongly resembled Ray. He was being charged with a misdemeanor, but he refused to give his name. Apparently, he resembled Ray. He had the same height, the same weight. He had the same lips. And the same wrinkles. The same lips. Lips, yeah. Mm. And, like, very similar wrinkles. And I've seen pictures of both these guys. He does look a lot like Ray. Uh, and so the authorities in Pennsylvania immediately sent Ray's fingerprints to Utah, thinking, like, oh, my God, we found him. Or, I mean, you know, we found him. And it turns out, no match. They eventually mm. identified the guy, and he had no... He wasn't Ray. If I had mm. to guess, this guy was pulling... One of those stupid things that people tell each other. If you don't, te- if you say nothing and you don't tell them who you are, then they can't book you. Like I've. Oh yeah, one of those. Like one of those hacks to get out of arrest. Yes. Yeah. It's it's yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what this guy. It sounds Absolutely. like that's what this guy was doing. And he just had the bad misfortune to happen to happen look to like look a exactly missing like, district attorney. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, actually, you know, in the interim uh, between when they when they thought he might be Ray and when they had confirmed that he wasn't, he probably got treated better. 
Probably. <laughs> Frankly, probably he did. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah. he's going to tell all of his other homeless buddies, dude, if you don't say who you are, suddenly they upgrade your cell. They uh-huh. take all the other guys out. You get great food. You, you got to try it. Yeah. They start calling you sir. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Theories? You want to talk about theories? We probably, yeah, okay. okay. We're pretty close. Let's talk about this first theory. We never here. do it, but let's do it. Let's do it this time. We'll do it. Uh, the first theory is that Ray was murdered. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple different ways this could have gone. Um, you know, he was prosecuting murderers and rapists and yeah, generally yeah. bad people. And, you know, so drug, even before he was a DA. Drug dealers and yeah. stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Even before he was district attorney. Um, and then. Oh, again, before he came to Pennsylvania? Yeah. And then again, you know, when he was. As the ADA? Mm hmm. Well, no, before that, before when they even before he moved to Pennsylvania, right? So That's prior to Pennsylvania, saying. and then when when he was and the then, ADA, yeah, he in... was also doing that. Sorry, his whole career, basically, we can just say he was charging bad people with the stuff they should have been charged with. So it's it's possible that one of those things could have come back and bit him. However, the the, the we're just going to get this one out of the way. The one that everybody likes to say is somebody close to the Jerry Sandusky scandal scandal killed Ray. Exactly. And furthermore, they actually killed Roy as well. Now, here's how this theory plays out. Steve is, like, gonna just explode. But here's how this theory plays out. Roy gets killed, in this theory, gets killed uh, just about when the first allegations of Jerry Sandusky's abuse would have maybe gone onto Ray's radar. To set an example to Ray. So, to send a message. Well, so somebody comes up to Ray and says, hey, I, you know, I heard your brother died. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Um, it, yeah, it'd be a shame if, um, you know, somebody started prosecuting this case. Uh, it's pretty big, pretty high profile. Um, yeah, it'd be a shame. Mm. Yeah, that, I don't okay. buy it. I know oh, a lot I of don't people. buy this at all, but this is something you will see on the internet a lot. Here's the deal is that if there were Penn State alumni and, uh, and other heavies like that, they wouldn't be going after the DA. They would be actually having Sandusky murdered. Or, yeah, yeah, the they, DA they is kinda... the last guy that you try and strong arm. Yeah. Well, so the, the, that theory actually often gets tied in with Sandusky just ended up being the fall guy. This is a huge ring. Everybody in the higher ups in the Penn State athletic department are participating in this, blah, blah, blah. I don't buy any of that. I sh- like for the record, I do not buy any of that. But that's kind of where this theory ends up mm-hmm. is that it's the alums are, weren't mad that, a, that this whole like abuse thing was happening. They were mad that somebody might prosecute it yeah. and that it was this huge ring and they were trying to keep it under wraps. Sandusky is a red herring. Yeah, basically. Mm. In this theory. Yeah. I don't buy I, it. I, I personally feel this is a red herring to, to the, the Greek so, arcade. I, I would agree with I, that. I, I agree yeah. too. Yeah. But so that's how that theory tends to run. Another point to bring up is that, right, if somebody involved with the Sandusky case were trying to silence people, they wouldn't be silencing the DA, they'd be silencing witnesses. Which I know is a harsh thing to say, but they would be going after the witnesses. They wouldn't be going after. I think Steve. that I think that what they, they would have done is like they would have paid Sandusky to retire. Mm-hmm. A lot easier than murdering people. Yep. They would have paid him. They said, "Dude, you take your retirement. You move to the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. We don't ever want to hear from you again." Yeah. Yeah. Change your name. Yeah. So if you get arrested, yeah. you know it, exactly. That's what that, that's what so they would have done. That that's would, that I totally agree. Totally agree. But we do have to talk about this because. That's mm-hmm. whatever. That's like the first thing that comes up to everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So if we move away from the Sandusky angle, yeah, then 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 where is what what else is in the murder most foul category? The murder most foul. I have one more thing about Sandusky. I'm sorry. Before we move away, okay. That 
people bring up as being kind of weird is that n- there's literally no mention of Ray Grecar being involved with this Indusky case in Grecar's stuff. So, well, like, no, the person who took over for him as DA had access to literally all his files and didn't know that Grecar or that Ray, sorry, had actually even been a part of Sandusky at all. Yeah, there was, there was nothing. No, there was no file. There's nothing the in his files. Well, but but, but he, he wasn't he wasn't pursuing a case. It was at it but was he with did a the sting. police. But he uh, did a sting. But the police did it, and we have all that information from the police because they were the one but running it all. I'm sure the DA's office would have had a file on on it probably. Yeah. So but, it is. It's a little weird, but also it's not really that weird. Well, it's not that weird because I mean. This is where the conspiracy theory maybe does make sense because if there is embarrassing material about Sandusky in the DA's files, it's possible that somebody could have bribed somebody who worked in that office to remove the file and destroy it. Yeah. That's entirely possible. Yeah. But but then murder, Ray? That's yeah, silly. Yeah, that no. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So. Paperwork gets misplaced and files accidentally get corrupted all mm-hmm. the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's uh, much more plausible mm-hmm. to me than... This DA, seven years later... Well, although it would also give a reason to have the hard drive be destroyed, right? If they thought, well, there's obviously copies of these on the hard drive, then we've got to destroy the hard drive as well. Mm, Maybe. But again, I don't... uh, Do you want to talk about the hard drive for a second? Can, do you mind if we if we jump to that since we're talking about it? The sure. hard drive? Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Talk about the hard drive. The hard drive in that computer mm-hmm. is held in place by a single set screw. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen a set screw in a in a laptop? It's a yeah. set screw and a and a like a you know pull button. No. Yeah. No, no, no. On the Micron, it was a set screw. I looked at again, I was okay. pulling up the manuals, and it's a single set screw that holds the friggin' thing in. And those set screws are always teeny tiny, they like are. the size of something that's in your eyeglasses. Uh, I think I see where you're going, is you're saying that it, it might have just gotten knocked out accidentally. It okay, the the whole thing goes in the water. And it begins to corrode, and that set screw is either, A, not high quality, and Mm -hmm. it degrades enough that the thing just pops out, or B, it just comes loose. I mean, I've had computers where there was a screw that constantly was loosening itself, Mm -hmm. and I had to tighten it back up. So when you're talking about somebody was pulling the hard drive to do all this stuff, I don't think it's nearly as nefarious as that. I just think that it was a crappy screw that easily came out. Well, here's why I don't think that. And that is that if it fell out on impact with the water, then it wouldn't have been found on the riverbank. I don't see how, I mean, hard drives are not positively buoyant. Neither are computers. Yeah. But the computer was found near the bank. I mean, it can wash up. Uh, Hydraulic action pushes things. It'll push things. I'm not disagreeing that I don't think that it fell out immediately, but I think that it came out and got caught in a current at some point. But this 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 crap happens, and I don't think that it was. You know, I don't think that it's this amazingly secured, welded in place hard drive. Like it was hard drive. No, it's not. It's easy to remove. It's not, but it's negatively buoyant, and it's not going to float up onto the bank, which is where it was discovered. No, but if there's current, the current is going to shove things around that are on the bottom. That's why rocks that are in the middle of the river end up on the bank. Mm -hmm. Well, probably. I think more likely it's just going to flow downstream. But uh, you know, uh, I think probably somebody just pitched them over the side of the bridge, you know, and, and God knows when. It could have been any time. It could have been months after the murder. 
yeah. or the disappearance, I should say. Mm-hmm. Getting ahead of myself. Joe thinks well, we're in the we're in the murder yeah. theory, yeah. so yeah. Well, it's okay to call it murder yeah. for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. In five minutes, you can't say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. just one quick thing before we let Joe loose on this case. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the other thing, I guess, is that when the initial report was released by the police, they said uh, one call, one inbound call was made to Ray's cell phone on the day of his disappearance. And then Patty started talking and saying, well, I was calling his cell phone all, all night. It was going to voicemail. It was going to voicemail, but that's, they were inbound calls. That's a, that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to this, but if your phone is shut off, and his was, mm-hmm. and it goes straight to voicemail, does that actually get logged in as a call? It no. doesn't, does it? No. Yeah. no. Okay. But so eventually, somehow, and I'm not totally clear how, somebody gets a hold of the phone records and says, uh, n- no. Actually, there's there's a lot of calls in and out both on the day that Ray disappeared to the number. Uh, and so the police edit their report to say, OK, well, fine. All of the calls were routine on that day. That's a little weird. Um, what does the, fra- the term routine mean? That's a good question. OK. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell from records, huh? Yeah, it's really hard to tell from records. I think probably what it means is that none of the numbers stood out as odd. They were all numbers that would have normally been contacted either way from his cell phone. Okay. That would be what how I would assume that meant. How I would assume that meant? What how that I, meant? What I assume that meant, yeah. Um, and then there are a lot of people out there saying that because this was a county-owned cell phone, the phone records should be matter of public record, so why don't we see those? It's not such a big deal for me, but the fact that the police initially said, well, there was only one call, that's a little suspicious, I guess. Uh, a little, just a tiny bit. They withhold a lot of information, though, in cases Often like they this. do, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to point a finger about so that. So Joe's got some stuff about the murder. Not necessarily, but I just... Uh, you know, the search strings, to, and, and again, as I said earlier, they set off my, my BS detector mm-hmm. in, a, in a large way, mm-hmm. uh, especially the one about water and electronics. And it occurs to me they didn't have to necessarily be entered by Ray, I mean, because the guy, if, assuming he was abducted and murdered, yeah. which I think he probably was. I okay. would agree with this. And I, people, I'm actually on board with that. I, yeah. yeah, and these people would have his driver's license with his address on it, and they would have his house keys. And maybe there was something they wanted. I, I'm not even sure that he would have had his laptop with him in that car. Well, that's actually a big point of contention. It is, it is. And so um, they might have actually driven to his home and, you know, made sure that Patty wasn't home, gone inside, found the laptop, which maybe they wanted for one reason or another because maybe of the information that was on it. And then uh, just for good measure, they entered a few search strings as kind of a red herring and then, you know, went on their way. You know, it it may well be that Ray did not even do any of that searching from his computer. That's true, although I guess... And maybe this is misplaced faith, but I would assume that whoever found those search terms would have been a computer expert Mm -hmm. and would have said, hey, that's weird. These search terms were entered at 9 p.m. When Patty was at the gym or something. I mean, don't you think that that would be something that they would have? And I agree. I, I totally agree with you that like. The fact that nobody ever says, this is when the search terms were made. Uh-huh. I agree, well, that's weird. And they might not have actually considered it important to, to mark the exact date and time that the searches were made. That The searches uh, themselves were really I, more important. I, I, I don't know that when you're doing that kind of forensic analysis, what mm-hmm. you consider important comes into play. I think mm-hmm. there's there's process. Yeah. You, and you, you go by the numbers. Mm-hmm. 
this, 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 and this, and this are what I log in about every detail. Yeah. Not, uh, I don't think that's important. I'm not going to write it down. Well, I, I, don't think that I, they, don't really, I don't think that's the way it works. I don't really know that uh, they, they had an actual forensic computer expert do this. They might have just been a detective who did it. It's true. That's true. Yeah, and so you just no. I can't. Know. I can't argue with that. There's, there yeah. has been a certain amount of criticism of the uh, of the investigation. Yeah, although yeah. I don't think. I mean, I think they did everything they probably could. They have. probably did, and and there's nothing wrong with having a detective go looking for search strings. I mean, right. maybe at that time it was like couldn't really be understood. They were just mm-hmm. looking to see what he was up to on his computer. Yeah. They didn't really care about the precise time and date that he did it on. Right. Yeah. And exactly. and and that's why the search string, you know, what does water do to a laptop? Kind of sets off bells for me. Well, but um, he may he may wonder, okay, does that just fry the system or does that actually erase the hard drive? Is mm. what I was getting at earlier. Yeah. Been. I, I personally, I, I think well, that I think that he's in a shallow grave somewhere, and I think that it just has something to do with a prior case probably. and a crime of opportunity. Yeah, Somebody probably. went that a hole right there put me away for seven years. Yeah, I'm getting my revenge. Right, exactly. And so this is this is why he was on Route 192, which you've looked at on Google Maps, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a nice long drive through the woods, lots of side roads, lots of places to pull off, go down a side road, pull the shovel out of the back of your Red Cooper Mini, and dig a hole and bury your hard drive. No need to throw it in the river right next to where you parked your car. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes absolutely no sense that he did that. Yeah. And it makes every every amount of sense to me that whoever did the deed would plant that evidence there. And so I'm not totally, I don't consider totally beyond the realm of possibility they planted those search strings too. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So anyway, that's my, that's my two bits. But... Okay, so next theory is suicide. I don't give this one a lot of credence. Uh, most people don't. No. I mean, it, the one thing that I will admit kind of lends credence to this theory is the fact that he was unusually tired and kind of grumpy and depressed. I mean, I think he was probably depressed. Yeah, there was a... I read, you, you read the same thing, I know, by, by one of his co-workers who worked with him for 20 years. He said he was in a strange mood that week. Yeah, he had been in a strange mood. His longtime girlfriend, Patty, said um, that he was so tired that he... that she told him that if he continued to be that tired that he needed to go to the doctor. Um, you know, he just seemed generally lethargic and kind of to be displaying the symptoms of somebody who would be depressed... But I don't, I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't, no. I don't buy it. Because, well, he, uh, he, you know, seen the effect of his brother's suicide on everybody around him. That's a so. big deterrent. Yeah, and so you see that, it's like, you know, do I want to be this big of a flaming jerk to the people yeah. around me? I mean, probably not. Yeah, probably yeah. not. He didn't strike me as that kind yeah. of guy. And then also to do it, like, almost exactly like your brother did, that's, that, to me, is really, like, the big one is, like, even if you were going to kill yourself and your brother had killed himself before, why would you make it look so similar to his suicide? Although if you, if you were you know, wanting to murder him, on the other hand, and you were aware of the details of his brother's suicide... You might just mirror that. You might just yeah, do that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's an issue with the, the, the suicide theory. Okay, what's that? The water level. That's true. It was pretty low. Wasn't yeah. It? Well, I, well, well, it's we'll conflicting. Talk about, let's talk about the. Let's just. I'm going to pose okay. a new theory, and then we can talk about. Okay. That. Yeah. No. I'll. I'll. I'll back off on that. A theory that I never really see. 
which is fair because I think there are a lot of issues with it. But also, I guess it's possible that he was trying to dispose of the computer, albeit in a dumb way, mm. right? By throwing it over a bridge. Is this the whoops theory? It is the whoops theory. Uh, so yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't actually look too closely at that bridge. Are there sidewalks on that bridge? There are. Uh. Yeah. Um, there are sidewalks and a low railing um, mm. across the bridge. And it's, I mean, it's, but it's not that tall of a bridge or anything like that. But, you know, I guess it is possible that he was trying to dispose of his computer in a dumb way again and just fell in mm-hmm. which again i don't think is a very good theory but it's possible and i don't see people talking about that as a thing people say well he would have intentionally jumped but nobody says what if he just accidentally fell well, it seems kind of unlikely it seems unlikely <laughs> it's, it's but... right well that, that's the same thing we talked about this when we were talking about the the luchador story yeah exactly it's super unlikely and actually there are some comparisons with the luchador story in that so half the reporting that you'll hear says that the river at that time was like really low like below waist level low and the bridge is pretty low it's not it's I, not really high. I'm finding that I don't, you know, April fifteenth. Okay. I mean, I mean, around here on April fifteenth, the rivers are high. Yeah, and so according to the nephew on Dateline, which I guess we are going to say is a pretty credible source. I guess you um, know. Yeah. The the water was Dateline, unseasonably not the high um, due to rain and ice melts. But again, on the other hand, it's April in Pennsylvania. It's cold. It's cold, and um, apparently. The Susquehanna River is full of islands and fast rapids, um, places where brush pile up fast, get packed in, that could easily easily hide a body. There's also a dam pretty far down. Oh, this the is river. this is you're you're pulling this quote from the police chief. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he really cringed when he he made the phrase and disintegrate a body. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, possible, but I mean, I also there's a dam that apparently a body could get kind of wedged up against. Although, again, on the other hand, a different police officer interviewed in the same news story says that the water was crystal clear and you could literally see to the bottom and it's pretty much just a flat rock with some like silt but not very not a very thick layer of silty mud stuff Mm -hmm. on top of it so i get you know it's just kind of like all of these stories are conflicting and there's no way for me to know definitively what the river looked like on that day so i don't think he probably could have died falling off the bridge to be honest Mm -hmm. i think he i don't think that that happened Suicide or otherwise, I don't think that he died by falling in the river. Yeah, well, suicide, too. Probably going back to suicide, I should say that if he had committed suicide, I don't think they would have found the laptop there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and in addition to that, you know, maybe he was depressed and and certainly mental illness and depression and things like that take all sorts of different forms, but... At least on paper, he had a pretty good life. He was about to retire. Yeah, he had a lot of he money. Had good. He had. He was planning on traveling. He, yeah, had, he had a, a love. Big old fat pension coming to him. Yeah, I mean, there's there was a lot of stuff going from him for him. And frankly, this is kind of going into the next theory. But uh, if he if he wanted if he was so inclined to escape his life in one way or another, it would have been pretty easy for him to do so. Oh, this is the the Dorothy Arnold theory. The Dorothy Arnold. Yeah, theory. he ran off the joint circus. Yeah. yeah. So the next theory is that he ran away for a new life, 
which is pretty unlikely. Yeah, I, I called the circus, by the way. Did you? They haven't, they they said haven't no. seen him. They said no. God, no. of course they <laughs> He's did. not here. They would say that, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. did you talk to the bearded lady or the wolf man? Because the wolf man's a liar. Oh, no, no. I talked to, I talked to the Siamese up. twins. Oh, oh yeah, okay. those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they check their information they against do. each other all they the really time. Do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I'm going to I'm going to present this in a in a series of but then Oh boy. Yeah. Start ran away to start a new life is really unlikely, but then there's the dark-haired smoking woman. Everybody likes a dark-haired smoking woman. Uh, yeah, that's true. So I like Ray smoking women, smoking hot women. Yeah. yeah. According to a lot of credible uh sightings, Ray was seen with a woman uh with dark hair who was smoking. Now, a lot of reports have them eating lunch together, but it turns out, no, no, actually, that was a different middle-aged man who drove a Mini Cooper who was hanging out with a woman There's who a had dark hair. a second red Mini running around town. Yeah, um, who looked kind of like Ray, who also was hanging out with a woman who matched vaguely the description of the woman who was seen with Ray. So that adds some interesting, complicated stuff to it. However, later in the day in the antiques, in the antique shop, in the antique mall, um, this, there was a dark haired woman who was smoking, who was seen with Ray. Um, apparently they would kind of walk together and talk and then go into different stores and then come back together and walk and talk again. She was smoking. So was she in Ray's car? Hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the point. It's unlikely that he ran away to start a new life, but what's up with the fact that his daughter literally just asked him to come back on the first press conference. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. She oh. just said, I, dad, I love you. Come back. And that was that. What date was that? It was like two days later, three days later, maybe. Well, that's. I well, mean, yeah, yeah, but no, they'll just take off. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say so, that, that makes total sense. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, it's unlikely. Set this up and then do this every time. It's unlikely that he left to start a new life. But what's up with his fascination with Mel Wiley? This is true. He had apparently a really deep fascination with this guy named Mel Wiley, who was the Hickney County, Ohio sheriff, who disappeared with a whole lot of like really similar coincidences. Like he parked his car with all of his belongings inside near a body of water with no signs of foul play. And told his girlfriend he was going to do something and then disappeared forever. Mm-hmm. Just dudes don't ever tell their girlfriends they're going to go do one thing. And he said go he was going to go by swim trunks. Like, why is that the thing, though? First thing that pops into your mind. Yeah, maybe. What, uh, how do we know he was that fascinated with Mel Wiley? Because he, he talked, talked for about years. it all the time. Yeah. He, t- he would, it was, it was, it was kind of his go-to. It was his favorite unsolved mystery. It was his go-to story. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, you've got a couple of them that you will just if we are sitting down and having a beer, you will bring up the, the island Doida. of doll. Doida. And we're talking about the the <laughs> Doida again. Yeah. Like he's it may have been his go-to thing. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, guys. If since he's out there. What, you know, living under an assumed name, we got to on the this on the Joyita, obviously. Yeah, we got to cover yeah. this mystery. Mel okay, Wiley. so it's super unlikely that he ran away to start a new life, except for that, as you guys mentioned, he had actually run away before. Well, not for more than about a day. It was a day, yeah. fair, but that was reported when he was married to his second wife, Emma. They had a fight because she bought some gaudy furniture that he was not super stoked on. So he just got in the car and drove to Ohio from Pennsylvania to go see an Indians game. Yeah. Yeah. 
And apparently that was like one of the first things the cops did. Was go and look for him. Call, they called They called down and said, does anybody, anybody matching the, did, did uh, Ray Greekard, did he, is he there? And they said no. And they said, oh, crap. So well, here's the thing is that I, I don't see anything weird about this because if their relationship was as it has been described, he may have been so hot under the collar that his first instinct was, I need to leave. Was this Emma you're talking about? Yes. Emma. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh, yeah. need to oh, yeah. leave. Yeah. And, but this, this is why it, it doesn't bother me that he has disappeared before. That was a very different relationship. And he, while it was reported he did it once, he may have actually done it several times in the past where yeah, he was so, so furious. Well, yeah, I got to go. So that's, yeah. that's why his daughter making the plea, she's like, oh, damn it, Dad. You get mad and you go hang out at the Red Lion for three days and you won't talk to us. You jerk. Just call me. Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's the way I take her well, yeah, her I think, statement. I think so too. No. You know, at that point. But as far as the the mysterious dark haired woman, the possibility that you know maybe he had taken up with somebody new and he wanted to run off and live with her, but she could have been something else. She might have been bait. Yeah, that's and, one of the things that that um, really sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah, I think she was bait more than more likely than anything else. She she never came forward. Yeah. You notice that? I mean, it could, there could be, could have been a, an embarrassment factor if she maybe was screwing around with Ray behind everybody's back. Mm-hmm. But I think, he was considered a ladies' man. He yeah. was, but here's the thing: is he wasn't married. Yeah. Right? I mean, there would, like, it would have been fairly easy for him to just walk away from the relationship he was in. He was about to retire. He wouldn't be working with Patty anymore. And she even says, like, point blank, if he didn't want to be with me anymore, he wouldn't have been with me. I know that. Yeah, he would have just ditched her. Yeah, yeah, so I I do agree. It's possible that this woman was bait. I mean, the kind of the interactions that people describe between the two of them where they would just suddenly find each other again in the crowd makes it sound like... It is a little bit. It's a little bit like she was trying really hard to establish a rapport with him or him with her, which is fair, right? If he was a ladies man and he just wanted to flirt with her, that's fine. But one of them or both of them were trying to establish that rapport Uh in that moment, I I would think. And I think what happened is she said, you know, what I do is I'm an antiques dealer. I sell to a lot of these people. If you want to come out and look at my van, I've got some great stuff. And, <laughs> and it's going to be so much cheaper because so they're going to mark it up 100%, uh-huh. you know, and you'll save so much money. So just come out to my van and have a look-see. And, well, you know, yeah. if, if we're going to pull the card that Devin did, which is what's the theory that hasn't been ever put out there, and I know that this will actually play into the next theory, is what if he was bait for her? Mm-hmm. In other words, he may have been involved in something trying to pull somebody forward and ish- extract information yeah. in some other kind of operation that nobody knew about who's talking and the whole thing went sideways. So, <laughs> how could it have gone sideways, though? Sideways. Say, we say it again. Sideways. 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 Yeah. All right. All right. Thinking sideways. We're doing oh. it. The next theory that, that Steve was just referencing which his thing fits in nicely with, I guess. I set that up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like we have a script or something. Shh. Thanks for doing that for me. Uh, The next theory... You have a misspelling in the script. The next theory that Steve's most recent thing uh, matches pretty well into is uh, that it's it's possible, I guess, that um, Ray is in witness protection. I think this is a solid five out of seven. Stars? Five stars. 
Just, it's a five out of seven. It's perfect. Okay. Uh, oh, don't know what that means. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's here's why this works. Every time somebody requests any documents relating to this case from the FBI or the local law enforcement, it is heavily redacted. And they always say, well, he was the DA, so like we're redacting names and things like that. But apparently, almost all of the documents that you request, either you never hear back about, like Joe not getting calls back, or it's just like super, super redacted. I didn't request any of the documents, so like I don't actually know that for a fact. And Steve's shaking his head like he apparently requested documents and got them from the FBI and they weren't redacted at all. It was like not a black mark on it, but... I've never seen an FBI document without a black mark on it. And nor have I. <laughs> I, if Deadspin did several years back... Did a, an FOI, Freedom of Information, request for that is, that, docs that on Greek art. And it's redacted in the most generic form of being redacted. Social security numbers, agents' names, like all of the normal things that would be redacted. It's the most boring 70-page PDF I've ever read through. Yeah, you know, the uh, I read it too, and I, I really would have liked it if somebody had given me a heads up that none of it had anything to do with the, the, <laughs> the investigation into the 2005 disappearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just 1986 yeah. paperwork for after he was I would, And eventually I was reading and reading and then I started spinning through it and stopping and looking at the date. Oh, 86. Spin, spin, spin. Oh, it's still 86. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's all it was. Yep. And, but here's the thing. I'm saying you, you guys saw this. They checked with the, the CIA. Mm. They did a name check with the CIA. And there was a redaction on that. Three names. Yeah. Three possible. Yeah. Okay, the, oh, yeah. the redaction but, but, is but, in I mean, versions of his name that could be used. Yeah, but but the thing about it is, is as, as you know, though, the internet went... went Bonkers. <laughs> when they saw that, the FBI, yeah, they, they, yes. they, they, they went nuts. Bonkers. Uh, yeah. Bonkers is exactly the word. Cuckoo yeah. for Cocoa Puffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. But it's redacted, Steve. It's super heavily redacted. Just let me get through this thing, okay? Just let me get through this thing. I, I know what you're saying, though. Is that, oh, no, I, actually, go ahead. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think these documents were so heavily redacted because they had to put on the appearance of investigating this assiduously. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and, the thing. It's the it's the on the one hand, on the other hand, right? On the one hand, if he were in witness protection, why are this public search? Why this all this money? Why this extensive thing? But on the other hand, if they didn't look for him, it looked suspicious and like they were hiding something. So they had to put this on. And and that's what you do. And like, I roll. What you I wish people I could see the face I just made. I, but you know, the thing about it is, is that that's and, and there's an easy way to do that, and that you have like random word generation generators and then you, you print them out and then you have some administrative assistant just redact about you know about two thirds of it and it's going to be unintelligible but it's perfect you know and, and so people will think because you have massive files on Ray that you've actually been working hard at it but you've actually been not wasting any resources at all well it's hard when his like computer shows up <laughs> yeah right when his computer shows up and they go ah oh, crap yeah <laughs> I yeah. thought we disposed of that really well in the river yeah I know yeah the other thing that people say, you'll see this said, is, um, but but Ray wouldn't have been eligible for witness protection because he was a public prosecutor, and prosecutors 
by definition, cannot be witnesses, so they are not eligible for witness protection. Which well, is that's just what I thought, bunk. too. Is that not true? No, it is true. Okay, so the way I actually consulted one of our experts on this, um, and he confirmed exactly what I was thinking. His name is Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. You're welcome. Um, not you. Shut up. Um, but what he was, what he said is exactly what I was thinking, and that is that if within the scope of your position as a public prosecutor, you see something or find something out that pertains to the case, you are not a witness, you're a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. If, however, in your personal life, you witness something like a murder, and then that crazy human being starts to come after you, Mm. you are a witness to that crime. You are not a prosecutor, and therefore you are eligible for witness protection. Your Mm. job does not have an influence on your... Your life as a private citizen. Correct. However, typically, witness protection isn't this, like, Hollywood, we're just going to while you away for the rest of your life and give you a new life and everything's going to be fine. It's, we're going to protect you until litigation's done, and then you're on your own. Yeah, it's not that Steve Martin movie. No. It's Blue. not. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? It's not. No. It's not Lilyhammer, right? It's not. I mean, it's not any of those things. You go away My for a little heaven. while. Mm-hmm. You stay safe until that person has been prosecuted and the threat has dissolved, and then they return you to your life. And besides which, uh, you know what exactly what heinous crimes happened in Lewisburg on on the afternoon of the fifteenth? Well, it, it's not necessarily that that would have been when he witnessed the crime. That's when they evaporated But him. that's when they, uh-huh. you know, that was the time, yeah, exactly, when yeah. they evaporated him, when the aliens came for him. Yeah, I see. Yeah, By the way, where are the aliens in our theories? They're not. Choopy? No. I mean, choop? I just did Phobos. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want those two in every story. Okay, well, my next theory is that it was the alien chupacabras. Yeah, there's an alien chupacabra. needed a new sitting judge. <laughs> To judge their cases of intergalactic. The only thing that could make this more like your eight-year-old girl making this up. Also, there were unicorns. If you if you started twirling your hair, because the look on your face. Also, there were unicorns, (laughs) and they were flying on ships that were sunshine and rainbows. You have one last thing here. What is this? I have another theory, actually. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about that theory, because that last thing we already talked about. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. Okay. Uh, I mean, this just seems so obvious to me. It was the IRS. <laughs> it was April 15th, for God's sake. Yeah, they were coming after and, him for taxes. Well, every April 15th, they, they make an example out of one taxpayer. One taxpayer. They do. Yeah, they But do. usually and, they they like advertise that, though. Usually they're like, you, yeah, they, yeah, they, you remember what happened to Ray over here? Yeah, they parade your head on a pike. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's on the front page of their website all day long. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't miss the deadline. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add? I will be honest. I still believe that he was murdered. I think so. And too. I still say that he's in a shallow grave in some field somewhere because somebody had a crime of opportunity opportunity to most get likely, back at him most likely it was yeah. that it could have been a very well-planned thing where they uh you know they actually have you know had a really good reason to do it or it could have been a crime of opportunity yeah, i mean i guess the like the problem is is like why did he have his laptop with him I don't, that's totally solved I don't if he that. was coming from work right that's why i'm i'm happy to believe the colleagues who say he played hooky for half a day he was coming from work he happened to have it with him you don't just leave that in your car but you do when you forget about it 
My wife has done this before. She has come home, and it has been Saturday at 3 o'clock, and all of a sudden she'll look at me and go, Oh, hell. My company laptop is in the car. Right, but I'm just saying that would explain why he would have had it on him when he disappeared. But you're probably right. Actually, probably somebody came to his car and took a bunch of stuff and tossed it because that's why it smelled like smoke. Yeah, right. Probably they were smoking while he was. Because what do you do after you knock somebody off? You have a you have a drag. Yeah. So, but I mean, but that's why I'm inclined to believe that he was he knocked off for half a day instead of taking the whole day off because it was it was unusual for him to have his computer with him. Mm-hmm. There would have been no reason for him to have it with him, no, there even in been. the car. There wouldn't have been, but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, again, I've heard, I've heard it both ways too. He took the whole yeah. day off, took half the day off, yeah. and I don't know. If he took half the day, it makes sense that he would have his laptop in his computer, and that's resolved. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think he got knocked off. I mean, there's just no reason to believe he committed suicide or just disappeared. Yeah, and ran my away the circus. in my in my heart of hearts, I hope that he's like in witness protection or like ran off to have a new life. But seems I unlikely think at this he point. He probably is in just yeah, a shallow grave. Eleven years. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so. Too bad. But, he yeah. and Steve Martin and yeah. uh, what was the other guy in that movie? Martin Short. I never saw that movie. My Blue Heaven. Yeah, I never saw that one. Oh, it was hilarious. They sent him to a town that was full of ex-cons who were all in witness protection and they all knew each other and they were running rackets. <laughs> it was the funniest movie ever. And of course it was, you know, mid nineties garbage, but there you go. Steve Martin. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. so yeah, I guess if you want to see some of the research that we did, watch my blue heaven, don't watch there my blue go. heaven. That's not research. You can find that information on our website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can also stream and download the episodes yep. of the website. Yeah, we replaced the player. The question, we replaced the player, so you should be able to do that. You cannot comment, but that's okay. I'm sorry um, about that. You can yeah. find merch, links to the merch on the website. Um, they're on the left-hand side, right-hand side, sorry, um, along with links to PayPal and Patreon. Um, those are both donation sites. If you want to do a one-time donation, we recommend PayPal. If you want to do recurring, we recommend Patreon. Um, just remember Patreon is reoccurring. So it's like four times a month you make that donation, uh, which we love. Thank it's you. super helpful to thank us. You yeah. We, yeah, we haven't said it in a couple, of, a couple episodes, but so thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, really, thanks. Yeah. You are probably listening to us on iTunes. If you are and you have not already um, subscribed, given us a review and a rating, do so, please, if you liked us. Uh, even if you didn't like us, you can still give us a rating. Make it a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, five stars. Yeah, yeah. five stars. That's the only show, thing we accept. Show your, your dislike of us by giving us five stars. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually opposite for you guys. Opposite. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's opposite day yeah, for you yeah, guys. Yeah. 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 Um, if you're streaming us on whatever, you were on all of them, if you can comment and rate there, do so there as well. That's how you help other people find us. We're on Facebook. We have the group and the page, so you can like us and join the group. Uh, lots of good discussion happening there. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter. We're thinking sideways. Um, I just post a lot of random stuff. Very rarely about the show or anything like that. Yeah, anymore. The closest yeah. that the relation to the show is, is here's something that sort of once had Devin's face in it is now is just 
Completely filtered. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, I, no, but I mean, like, we have people who will tweet and ask questions or say things or suggest or whatever, and that's great. I, you know, I love inter. That's how I mostly interact with mm-hmm. people. Uh, you guys are more on the Facebook. I'm on the Facebook a lot. I'm more on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a subreddit as well, which I interact with people on. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just it's just thinking sideways, thinking sideways pod. That one is not us. Ah, what's going on on the subreddit these days? By the way, I've not been out there in a while. Lots of discussion. There's a there's an episode discussion for every episode, and um, lots of links people post the things that they think we might find interesting. Which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, I need to go out there and look yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. We also have an email address if you want to talk to us, if you want to suggest something, if you want to be an expert. Um, yeah, if you come across something, you can send it to us as yeah. a story suggestion. Yeah, or if you just want to chat with us, that's cool too. Yeah. Uh, that email address is of course thinking sideways podcast at gmail dot com. And I guess all of that having been said, I I don't have a joke for the end of this one. I'm just going to say bye and talk to you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, vamanoso. Oh, bye. Yeah, toots. <laughs>